Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hi. I'm Yusuf Dahl, and when I was 18, I was convicted of selling drugs. For the past three years, I've had difficulty finding housing because it is legal in the United States to discriminate against individuals that have a past drug distribution conviction on their record for life. It doesn't matter if it was a hard drug like heroin or a drug that's now legal or partially legal in many states across the country like marijuana. The Thurman Amendment was introduced to the Fair Housing Act in 1988 by segregationist Strom Thurman, and it's since been used to deny housing to all people. But because people of color are disproportionately jailed for drug charges, we are affected more. My goal is to overturn this amendment to start an end to housing discrimination that unfairly targets people of color. If you would like to join this movement, please visit ThurmanAmendment.org to learn more. A message from the Fable and Folly Network. restaurant in the place that I used to live before I moved to Indy uh, was this Mongolian barbecue place called Hoo Hot, right? And it's very much like you go down the line and you get rice or noodles and whatever meat you want and all the vegetables and then ladle on the sauces and then they cook it on like a big open stone grill. And they called what? Hoo Hot? Oh. H-U-H-O-T. <laughs> I thought you were doing Al Pacino. I thought you said hoo-ha. <laughs> hoo-ha. You're going to miss my hoo-ha. <laughs> anyway, go on. Sorry. They don't have those here in uh, in Indiana. There's one that's like an hour away, and I've actually considered driving there to get it because it's my favorite. Uh, but I actually found a place that does the same thing even better. It's on the other side <laughs> of the city from where I live. It's, it's more where uh, Jake and Tass live. So I go there all the time. And I went today... Uh, and it was packed. And it hadn't been packed for quite a while. Um, but lately, the last few times I've gone, it's just been a ton of people. Uh, and so I ended up sitting up near the bar and they come and they bring you your bowl and you go up to the line, get all your food. And they have way more options than the place that I used to go. And they have all these seafood. So you can do all your meat sausage and different like parts of chicken and like calamari and salmon and shrimp and all this stuff. I, I hate Different parts, parts of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> There's the beak and then the tail. <laughs> no, it's like the chicken thighs or like, you know, white meat, dark meat, all that. So I usually go pretty safe and I get uh, some noodles and I do some zucchini. <laughs> really safe. I get chicken feet chicken. and <laughs> lobster heads. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of feathers. I... <laughs> They're a great filler food. <laughs> I don't like seafood. I, I want to like seafood. I've just never been able to to enjoy it. So I skip over all the seafood and I just do a lot of the sausage with like pineapple and zucchini. And uh, at the end, you say what kind of rice you want. And then they add in a bunch of rice. So I'd always do like the steamed rice. And then they cook it on the stone thing and they bring it to your table. But the way they do it is there's always a bunch of rice at the bottom of the bowl and then all your stuff on top. So 
you kind of have to get in there. And I've I've worked out a system. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Kim sounds so stressed out. <laughs> There's just a lot of buildup to this story, and it's stressing me out. <laughs> so I take my fork and I like swirl it around. I excavate my I excavate right. a well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I make a little hole down to the bottom of the, where all the rice is, and then I like slowly start funneling the rice up to incorporate everything together. Well, today <laughs> I started to do that, and. Uh, stuck the fork in, got down to the rice, flipped it up over to the top and just an entire squid leg just because <laughs> they do it on one big stone tablet. So sometimes different ingredients make it into different bowls. It's it's definitely not somewhere you want to go if you're like, I have food allergies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I screamed <laughs> so loud. Reasonable response. Okay. I'm glad you see that, Rev. <laughs> <Yeah>. Because... <laughs> What happened was I leapt out of my chair, screamed at the top of my lungs, and backed away from the bowl. And everyone in the restaurant like <laughs> went silent <laughs> and looked at me. And like they thought, you know, like a rat ran across the floor or something. <laughs> and I start laugh crying because <laughs> I can't believe this happened. And I have to just be like, it's okay. No, like, it's all right. I just, it's just a squid leg. It's just calamari. I just didn't expect it to be there. Like, it's everything's fine. And ever, you can hear through the restaurant, through the entire room, people being like, oh, okay, no, no, it's it's okay. Like, calming their children. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever heard of a food jump scare. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, they're super, super nice people. And they come over to me and they're like, oh, is everything okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, yep, no, it's fine. Like, th this is what happened. I just, I flipped it over and there was, you know, the tentacle and I, I just didn't expect <laughs> it. And, you know, like everything kind of comes down and they are so confused as to why I got scared. <laughs> so like I eat the meal and everything. And as, as I'm leaving, the guy's like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like it's, you know, and I was like, no, 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 you don't, you don't have to apologize. Like, I understand that's, you know, it makes it into other food bowls sometimes. Like, I understand that's part of the process. I'm not, you know, I'm not upset. You don't need to apologize. And he just reiterated like, you know, it's, it's just, it's just food. It's just, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, food. it's just a squid. Like I, and he said like, I, I don't, I don't understand why you were scared. <laughs> and I was like, cool sorry and i was so embarrassed and then uh i opened my fortune cookie and there was a squid like inside <laughs> <laughs> and it says i have it right here in my hands because i kept it courage is not the absence of fear it is the conquest of it <laughs> <laughs> so i can never go back there again <laughs> oh my god i'm hung up on how many times you called it a squid leg <laughs> <laughs> Well, the squid leg one fits time, in nicely next to all the chicken parts. I believe one time you did say tentacle, and every other time you called it a squid leg. Uh, I've had a stressful day, Jake. Uh, <laughs> I don't need this. Oh, boy. People uh, don't know that, that squid have like 19 <laughs> knees. That's how the whole thing works. Well, and it was like you can see all of the suckers and everything. And yeah. like, you know how when you cook calamari, like, you know, it, it, it firms up. And so this thing just flipped onto the surface <laughs> of this bowl and it was just like it's like the it's like the water bottle flip challenge but with a whole tentacle <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and it just startled me so incredibly much oh man i can't wait till i go back ne next weekend and <laughs> see if they're like oh it's you <laughs> i'm i'm going with you you tell me when you're going i'm going because i just want to watch how they react to you walking back in they're just like oh no we have to go at separate times and 
and really just blow his mind and like task going and order all squid legs and then freak <laughs> out when there's a chicken breast at the bottom. <laughs> He's like, it's just food, sir. Yeah. <laughs> he was genuinely just so confused as to why I could have been scared by it. And I was just like, oh God, I need to get out of here. Fuck me, there's a shrimp in here. <laughs> little ocean bugs, are you kidding me? I mean, that honestly probably would have startled me a little bit too, but not as much. <laughs> I've read a lot of stories of people being surprised by tentacles, but usually not in that context. Usually you got to pay premium for those. <laughs> <laughs> if you want more high quality tentacle content, <laughs> subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> Oh, God, it's time to let the recap roll. <laughs> a lot has changed in the last 100 years, and that change is in no small part because of the love that Kim has added to my life. Kester also told me that our best bet on the one for the court is to get an audience with court themselves. He said that they keep all their important stuff in the throne room, so just need to come up with a good reason. That I might be able to help you with. One of the buildings I was looking at for the oracles is currently in the territory of the Silver Wing. But that would get me in the room with them. Perhaps Kim. I'm not sure about the rest of you. James is the only other person we need to get in there. I'm going back with them. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, it's cool. It's a lot better than, you know, waving goodbye to them through the portal and then I probably stop existing. Please come upstairs and join me for a moment. I would like to have a little chat with you. Yes, ma'am. I realized the other day I was a little harsh with you, perhaps a little harsher than I should have been. For what it's worth, I think your response was perfect. Well, that's good to hear. She sits down on the desk and smiles at you. You know, there are so many things going on in the city that sometimes you don't see them all. Sometimes you lose track of things. And sometimes things get found. I've heard that you know a little secret, so I would love for you to tell me where you're keeping Kesta Danholm. Man, this takes me off guard, but I think I'm at least a little ready for this situation. Before I start blurting anything out, is it possible to like try to take her in very quickly to see how she really feels about this and like how how she's trying to hit me with this? Yeah, why don't you roll figure someone out? Okay. I do not figure her out. So you can ask a question even on a miss. I know this seems like a wild question for this situation. How can I possibly put her in my debt? To lead her to Kester. That makes sense. Just kind of what's written on the tin there. <laughs> <laughs> As you take this moment to take her in, you notice that she is aware of the pause you have taken. Oh. And her hand tightens around her drink. I think... I like my eyes go wide and my hand goes to my throat and I start like coughing and I'm going to growl out. I'm not hiding them anymore. I dropped them off. Oh, oh my God. Your compulsion beat hers. I think this is going to be a mislead distractor trick. Okay. Eight. <laughs> All right. So you get to pick two. Could we agree that at least the attempt to go along with this would be the closest would be confuse them for some time? Yeah, I think so. And then with that in mind, I want to avoid further entanglement. I want, like I'm hoping that that lasts, or at least me getting out of the bullseye from it lasts. I think that it's going to be very specific. You'll avoid further entanglement around this topic. Sure, sure. That's fine. Okay. 
Yeah? Who's hold on you? Strom's. I mean, it's no secret that I was helping her out with something when Aiden came along and all of that. She's alive still. Oh, no, just my whole deal was to get her out of that building. And when it was clear most of us probably weren't, I took a deal from Kester to keep him safe. Oh, that makes sense. You would be much stronger if it was technically tied to Kester than to her. Hell, if it had been hers, I guess you probably still would have broken it, but definitely Kester's. And I'm I'm just, I'm really trying to play up the the double talk of like the back and forth and who it could be connected to and when I took the deal to just, I don't know, look like a dumb grunt that, that was just trying to fulfill deals. Fascinating. Well, now that you are broken out of this contract, where did you take him? I dropped him off near the bean. There's supposed to be a spot where I deposit him and someone else came to pick him up. And I don't know what that hierarchy is. That was all Kester that set it up. Boy, Tess, I think this is going to be another mislead distractor trick. I know. (laughs) Why are you always lying? God, because it's that or fight, you know, the head of the the whole... Oh, man. You can take her. Eight. All right, so pick two again. I think I want to lean into confuse them for some time. Uh Uh-huh. You know, again, it's just that thought of, I'm hoping that this tracks with the rest of the story and, like, makes enough sense that, you know, she doesn't have a reason to think I'm lying. Yeah. And I'm not sure exactly how, but somehow I want to use this to create an opportunity. So in this moment, after telling her that you dropped Kester off and then someone else came to pick him up, she shatters her glass on the ground. And in the shattering of it, the alcohol inside bursts into flames and the flames roll up the robe that she is wearing. She tosses it onto the ground and strides out of the room and says, meet me there in 20 minutes and heads down the stairs. Yes, ma'am. As I'm backing towards the wall with the gun and slipping it into a pocket. Okay. And I rush out. I think escape a situation, Tess. You're still in the house. You've got something you're hiding. You know that she's got little imps everywhere. Let's see you get out of here. All right. Oh, 10. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right, so you will escape, uh, but choose one. You suffer harm during the escape. You end up in another dangerous situation. You leave something important behind. You owe an NPC a debt for their aid. You give into your base nature and mark corruption. Can I pitch you something specific for owing an NPC a debt? Sure. I think as I'm rolling out, one of the imps sees me and he notices that that line in my jacket where there's clearly something and he glances into the office and I just kind of give him a little wink and make the like the money motion and a little shrug in, in the hopes that he's like, all right. Yeah, his his eyes look up at the money motion. He goes <laughs> and nods. Uh, so mark down that you owe Zixel a debt. Outstanding. Z-Y-X-L. Aw, Zixel. This just gave these imps way more like sapience than I thought that they had up to this point. That you could (laughs) owe one of them anything. That it's not like a cat. (laughs) Hey, you can owe a cat something. (laughs) Oh, as far as a cat's concerned, you owe them everything. (laughs) Amazing. And as you get out, where are you headed? I am hauling ass full tilt, full speed to drop this gun off at the 606 and then to the cloud gate from there. So I think we jump back to the subterranean lair with 
Jake and Megan appearing inside, having come back from the castle, and Tass arriving with the gun. Hey, uh, analyze this. I'll be back very soon to get it and to take it back. What? It's the gun. It's the gun. It's the gun. It's Lady Jency, the, the familia. I gotta go. Holy shit. Yeah, just be cool, man. And okay, I take go, off. Go, 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 go. And Grandpa Tincher opens up the panel on his arm and starts to study it. How was your trip? Uh, good. I can't believe he got the gun. Yes, he seems to be in a hurry. Should we be worried? I don't know. I think if he needed help, he would have asked for it. He seems to maybe have a plan, but let's get it done quick. Uh, uh, our, our trip went good. Yeah, I didn't learn what I was hoping to learn about uh, how to get Kim back with us, but I have thoughts on how we might be able to pull you back sooner. Oh. Yeah, because like the Fae, they don't age, right? They've got some counter-aging or healing or something like that going on. I feel like there's got to be a way we could invoke that with you or, you know, siphon that for you or something to just, when you come back, despite the time trying to catch up with you, whatever they do, preventing it from happening. Oh. That's great. We have to get him back. I learned a couple of things, too, and we don't have to worry about Kim. She'll be fine. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to my grandpa, and he said that doing this this spell again will completely take her out of the timeline, so it'll work. But he also said that we have to get James back with us. Me? Yeah. It's going to be really, really important that you're there. Oh, okay. Not that I'm trying to undercut your importance or anything, but like, why? Uh, it's it's because of some stuff that the two of you had worked on, right, James? Like uh, blueprints and, and things that apparently we are going to need before we can get to these other worlds or whatever. It's going to be really important that we have this figured out and he's the only one that can do it. Oh, yes. We had quite a few conversations about uh, mixing magic and technology together, and I came up with some blueprints of various things that I thought might be beneficial, but so I've actually got to put them together. It's That's exciting. Yeah, and so if there's a like a thing with the Fae, uh, how does that help exactly? I mean, somehow the Fae don't age. Or I don't know if they biologically don't age or if they've got something going on that stifles their aging or what, but like the whole thread is that when he comes back through, time's going to try to catch up to him, and he's going to age rapidly well beyond survivability so I, I have to figure that there's some way i don't know maybe i can talk to zwi or something to figure out how they do that and and utilize it yeah uh that sounds like a good idea how's that gun read going done nice and he hands you back the gun i just imagine that the fey like release all of like the good skincare lines <laughs> in this world like anyone who's anyone has like a 12-step fairy skincare routine yeah i think I, I think i look at it and look at the two of them do you I mean, he seemed not like not like he didn't have a plan, but he was awfully frenzied. Do you think we should be figuring out how to get this back where it belongs? Oh, I think I assumed he was coming back for it, but maybe not. I mean, it sounded like he planned to come back for it. I don't really think it sounded like he had an idea of what he was gonna do at that point. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna tug on my earlobe uh, to relay a message to him. Hey, uh, the the read is done on this thing. Do you want me to try to figure out how to get this back, or do you have a plan? Uh, I think he gets the message back from me, but it's very windy. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'll do the I'll do the fully. This will be microphone poison. Oh God! <laughs> oh, that was that was gentle. That breeze sounds <laughs> hot. <laughs> it's very breathy this time of year. I was trying to be mild. It's very <laughs> breathy this time of year. I <laughs> know. Uh, I think um, I think it's still a little frenzied. Um, Oh God! Uh, I just I have to meet up with Gen C to like play through kind of a lie, and uh, then I was hoping to get back to you guys and then get back to her office before she did. It's all just hope. I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. If you guys can get it back there somehow, 
awesome. I'll pull on my earlobe again and say, okay, I think I can get this gun back in Jensi's office undetected. So I'll try and take care of that. The most I might need from you, Tass, is stall a little bit. Yeah, no problem. I've got about four and a half minutes to get to where she is. So uh, you've got a little time. Go, 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 go. Is everything going okay? <laughs> uh, I tug on my earlobe. Uh, yeah, Tass got the gun. Cool. Congrats. Oh, uh, and I guess we got to get it back. Good luck with that. Do you want me to come with as a lookout? Yeah, I guess it couldn't hurt. I'm going to have to park a little distance away and then kind of go in on foot here. Okay. All right, let's go. All right, so you both head out of the subterranean lair to Jake's car. Back to Tass, who is tearing through the streets on his way to the bean. You arrive, and Lady Jency is there. And you can see that she is in a much more monstrous form than you have seen her before. In this monstrous form, she has that look where it's like she's on her toes, and then there's the bend up and then the bend backwards Ooh, yeah and then it connects to the thigh the, like satyr leg kind yes of thing. yeah yeah and her hair is blue flame and her shoulders are enormous and there are spikes coming out of them and you can see that the designs of the dress go around all of the changes that have happened like she still fucking looks on point hot it's not quite here it's about three blocks down you want to hop on lead the way Okay, and I will turn to where I know there are some like taller buildings this way and try to go about three blocks down. As you turn the motorcycle and go, she keeps pace with you, her feet leaving these black scorches on the ground. As you both come to a stop, you can see that her eyes start to glow various colors as she is scanning the area. I think I'll pop my demon form as well. Okay. I pick three, um, so I'm going to have my weapon out, armor, and I kind of want to mirror her with the uh, demonic senses again and get infrared vision so that it's obvious to her that I'm looking around as well. Where exactly was it? Uh, It was that building, which I thought was weird because this looks like a big office or something. And I'll just point to like one of the larger buildings with a main entrance. She moves over to that building And this gold energy flows off of her and starts to surround the building. And she starts to sniff and breathe it in. And there's a long moment as all of this glitter dust comes from the building and fills into her. And she turns and she looks at you. Are you lying to me? I have smelled Kester Danholm. His scent is not here. He must have done something to cover it. She strides over to you very quickly and clutches you around the neck and lifts you in the air again. There's something about you I do not like. I want to let it out. All right. Can I try it first? And then tell me afterwards? Yes. Of course. So you're going to roll this with spirit. Okay. Eight. So here's what I want to do. I know I have to mark corruption here. Yeah. I want to impress, dismay, or frighten someone with a display of demonic fury. I want... To burst into just full-on demon form, like all the fixins, kiss her straight on the lips. Finally. Yes. She lifts you a little higher, breaking this kiss. It's been no secret that I'm kind of a huge asshole, but I'm trying to play ball here. She throws you into the closest building. Oh, yes. (laughs) Tass mark for harm as you slam into this building and it starts to collapse around you. 
I stand up through this crumbling building and saunter out with a shit-eating grin because I have the move. I'm a fucking demon. I ignore all harm from the first time I suffer harm in a scene. (laughs) And I think I shake off all that crumbling dust and uh, give her a pretty sheepish smile this time. She examines you for a long moment as you come out of this broken building. And you can see that she is impressed, but it's limited. And it's limited in that she's impressed with the hit that you took and the fact that you stood up for what you said to her. And she will stay impressed by your display as long as she believes that you are helping her track this person down. And I don't mean long term. I mean in this scene. Okay. So I think across town, upstairs in the Carbide and Carbon building, after a little bit of time passes, Ozymandias comes back out. Things are all set. The Fae are not ones to mess around when it comes to timing and meetings. We have an hour to prepare. Go gather Topher Grace. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to save the world. We must summon Topher Grace. And to Kim, this just sounds like a normal human name. So, yeah, I'll get up. That's great. Uh, Also, I think these three already got uh, the item from... Uh, Primus Demonium. Excellent. You're that much closer to the end. Yeah. And I look a little unsure about that. Come, let's go for a ride. Where's the closest place I can go to drop you off to pick him up that won't be conspicuous? Uh, well, his base is hidden in the 606. So I guess maybe just on the outskirts of that park and I'll go run in and get him. Very well. Okay. And you both head downstairs to a car that is waiting, uh, driven by Maxwell. Megan and Jake heading over to Lady Jensie's place to try to put this gun back. Set the scene for me here. What exactly is going on? Uh, I think I'm pulling up, like, with line of sight on the building, but, like, it's got its own little kind of grounds, right? Correct. So just, like, you know, across the street from the drive that leads in, Mm -hmm. where, like, I can see it off a ways. Um, All right, if I collect a little bit of magic here i think i can teleport over there invisible get the gun back and then pop back okay uh i mean i can keep an eye out from here i can you know get a little closer and just hang out and let you know if i see anything whatever you feel more comfortable with i'll appreciate the extra set of eyes just give me a, a signal or a message or whatever if you see anything yeah i will can you give me a good idea of where i should be popping on the way in here uh yeah let me kind of scout it out a little bit just a second all right, Megan, roll study a place of power. And this is going to be with Wild. Seven. As you look over this building, you're used to seeing magical fields by now. You've jumped through some. You've been protected by some. You've generated some. And the way that the light inside of the house reflects off of the glass on the front doors and the windows on the first story gives you the impression that there is some kind of magical detection field on those doors and windows, but you do not see the same thing on the second floor windows. Uh there's there's like a like a field uh around the first floor. I think you're gonna have to go in up to the second floor. Okay. Uh and I'm gonna try to channel. Alright, roll it. Please. Ten. Alright, you get a hold three. Alright. I'm gonna peek that direction and squint my eyes looking at one of the second floor windows uh that looks empty. And then I'm going to spend one of my hold to teleport. You appear on the second story next to a large series of bookcases in front of three closed doors. 
and there is a walkway that goes around that looks down onto the first floor. And you can see at the top of the stairs across from you is an office door that is open. Okay. I'm going to spend another hold to turn invisible and hustle towards that office. Yeah. You head over. The door is open. You go inside. There is no one inside. Do I see a spot for a gun? You do. It is on the wall behind her desk above the window. I put it back and then I spin my last hold to teleport back to the car. <laughs> you absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are able to get in, get the gun back in place. And as you teleport away, a little blue imp like runs up the stairs, like looking around. I'll tug my earlobe and say, I, it's done. We're good. Great job. Well, let's get out of here. Yeah, back in the car, back to 606. As I'm out preparing to do whatever to help Lady Jency, I'm like idly scratching my ear, just going, teamwork makes the dream work, baby. You good, Tass? Yeah. Uh, yep. All right. Yeah, let's get back. All right. The two of you get back into Jake's car and head back towards the 606. You can all mark that you have got the item for Primus Daimonium Familia. Tass, I almost want to jump back to you, but I think you're just tied up for a while. Hot. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Like, I think this just takes your time. Absolutely. And I'm leaning into it. I'm going demon mode here, just crashing through buildings and like picking people up. And where is he? And <laughs> where are the other drugs going? <laughs> Cusser? Put him down. Cusser? <laughs> I'm going to ask you for one role as you perform this throughout the evening with her. I want you to keep your cool because you're trying not to hurt people, but you're trying to keep the energy and the anger up enough to convince her still. So um, what situation would you like to avoid here? Like, do you want to avoid being found out? Do you want to avoid, you know, innocent people getting in the way of this? Like, what's your main goal here? I think the main goal is to stay in her good graces. All right, so plus spirit. Five. So Tess, you have had enough successes that I don't think this derails the night, but I do think you end the night in the doghouse that, you know, your goal was to keep in her good graces, and she was impressed with you. But the longer this goes on, the more frustrated she gets, the angrier she gets. And about an hour passes of the two of you going around this neighborhood trying to find where Kester was dropped off, where he might be located, people who have seen him. And at one point, she stops after you have burned down a series of doors to question some people who were hiding behind them. And she lets a scream out into the air and slowly transforms back into her normal size. I can see that this is fruitless for the time being. No one seems to have seen him. He has figured out a way to mask himself from my senses. But you have failed me. You should have told me right away that you had made a bargain with him. Damien is no longer your master. Starting tomorrow morning, you report to me. I'll see you bright and early. And she vanishes in a burst of flames. Back at the subterranean lair, I think again... We have Jake and Megan showing up as Kim shows up this time to collect Grandpa Tincture. This is like a door comedy. <laughs> Just, this is a farce with opening and closing doors and different people showing up. Except instead of slamming a door, it's just going down a very slow elevator. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Sounds like you three have been busy. Yeah, a lot has happened in a very short amount of time. But boy, are we close now. Yeah. Yeah. Task got the gun and we took it back it's put away amazing i was just going down here to go pick up james we're ready to meet with the uh silver wing already yeah <laughs> that's great do you have some time before you go or do you need to like get out of here right now i have a little bit of time 
Why? There's some things that we just need to talk about. Okay. Uh, okay, so um, I'm just going to lead with the good news. You don't have to worry about what happens when you come back with us. You can just do it, and there won't be any consequences for you. You'll be taken out of this timeline, and you'll just kind of jump into ours. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, can I ask how you know that? Well, I know this because I went with Jake back to back to the castle, and I... I talked to someone and um I do you do you trust us? Yeah. I've only known you for 2 weeks, but yeah. Okay. Well, this is going to sound wild and um might be a little hard to to understand. Yeah, very few people follow up do you trust me with great news. It's not bad news. Okay. It's just something that might be a little confusing, but I just want you to know that it's not a trick. Okay. So I went back to the castle because my grandfather is there and uh, he he knows a lot about this stuff. He's the one who did the spell that brought us here because he wants us to get this information and go back and stop all of this. He's he's very smart and he he's the one that let me know that we could bring somebody back and it would be fine. Interesting. How did your grandfather know to send you here to fix things? Uh, because he he came from a future where everything went wrong and I died. I'm sorry. Yeah. And he wanted to redo it. He wanted to fix things and, and give, give me a better shot. And okay, the thing is, my grandfather is Nash. I sit down. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I think, I think my brain just ex- exploded. Um, your grandfather is Grigory Nash. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Why would Nash want to undo what Nash is doing? Because he is a Nash from a different timeline, a timeline where things went really bad and a lot of people died, in- including me. And so he came, he came back to to change everything that happened, and he put things in motion so that I would, you know, meet the guys and have an opportunity to do things right this time. Huh. Yeah. Um, I understand why you didn't tell me about this. I also understand why this didn't make it into any of the IPT files. Yeah. Uh, nobody, nobody knows really. Um, I didn't know until I saw the Nash from my timeline and realized that he looked just like my grandpa. It was it was a, a window, a, me- a memory that Jake opened up and I could see what had happened in their past and I recognized him and we confronted him and found out that he came here to, to try and stop this and he's not the same Nash that currently has a plan in motion, the one that we're here to stop. Gotcha. So the Nash that I know is not your grandfather. Correct. Your grandfather is a different Nash and he went back in time, and that's how you know that I can go back in time and be okay, because he's okay. Yes. The Nash you know is the Nash we are trying to stop. Wow. Okay. And yeah, I, I didn't tell you, because that's that's a lot for somebody to wrap their mind around. And yeah? And had so much going on at the same time, and honestly, I have been afraid of anybody knowing that he's here, either because they'll want to stop what we're doing or they won't trust him and I just want him to be safe but now you know and I mean James James knows he came across him and they've actually been working together 
And I think at that, James perks up a little bit. Yes, it's it's true. I, I, I can certainly vouch for his love of Megan and his desire to set things right in the way that he had previously done them before. We've worked a great many hours on things that will help them on their inevitable journeys in the future, our past. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know the, the funny thing? I guess not funny. Um, now hearing about your your grandfather being a Nash who also had a successful ritual, but then things still went wrong and this Nash. And uh, when I was a kid, like the first 10, 12 years of my life, things were actually really nice here. And I, I know that sounds that sounds maybe, um, you know, like romanticizing your childhood. And it might be a little bit of that as well. But from talking to other people, um, you know, there were like 10 years in which the what Nash wanted to do, making a utopia for people who were different. It it happened. It worked. Uh, but it wasn't sustainable. And maybe it can't ever be. I mean, I still believe that there's a way that we can maybe figure something out to where nobody has to hide and, and we can figure out how to coexist. I don't think that's an idea worth giving up on. I just think that the execution of the plan maybe wasn't done with the best intentions. Well. It sounds like I might be able to help you achieve that future. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I, I wanted to talk to him first. So when we went back, I, I let him know about you and, and everything we've been working on and that I, I thought we could trust you with this information and that we wanted to bring you back safely with us. And he understood and let me know that we could do it. We could take you back. Yeah, uh, you know, I get it. Your grandfather is Nash. Strom has essentially been close to my mother for the last 12 or so years. Uh, I get it. I understand complicated family, and I understand why you would have been hesitant to tell people. I think this conversation counts as the intimacy move. Why don't you both read your intimacy moves? We haven't had a chance to use this yet. When you share a moment of intimacy, physical or emotional, with another person, you gain a specific and clear vision about that person's future. Mark corruption to ask the MC up to two follow-up questions they must answer honestly. And mine is, when you share a moment of intimacy, physical or emotional, with another person, ask them a question. They must answer it honestly. They will ask you a question in return. Answer it honestly or mark corruption. So asking my question, I think I look at Kim and I'm just like, yeah, so, I mean, obviously this is great news that you can come back to us and it's not going to affect your existence um, in any sort of physical sense, I guess. But knowing that, how are you feeling about going to a different timeline? I'm a little nervous, honestly. I'm going to know you three and I'm, I'm going to know a little bit about what you all are doing and the people that you've met. But, you know, all of my friends and the places that I used to go, the jobs I used to do aren't going to exist anymore. I just, I I don't want to feel like kind of like a permanent house guest that you all can't get rid of. Listen, lady, I spent six months reliving the same day over and over again. I was trapped in a pocket dimension and I didn't know it. I had the same morning, I got up, I made waffles and went to work and hung out with my friend and then I did it over and over again. And when these guys saved me, they broke me out of there. And I was suddenly in a new city and 
just a completely new place, a new job with the IPT. I didn't know what my life was supposed to look like anymore, but they were there for me and they helped me find a new normal. And now we're going to do the same for you. So don't feel like you're a house guest. You're a friend. And I'm very aware that you're essentially (laughs) moving to a new place. It's just also a new time. Uh huh. But you're not going to be alone. So speaking of house guests, um, when I do go back with you, I, I know that Strom wants me to contact um, the, the previous her, but I would I would feel very strange staying in that penthouse if that Strom doesn't know me as well as this Strom does. And, you know, someday maybe I hope that we'll have the same sort of relationship that I have with my Strom. But un- until then, um, can I stay with you? Is that okay? Yeah. I mean, I don't have a ton of space. I'm very small. (laughs) I'll have no bags. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want you to have to try and figure stuff out on your own every day. Anyway, I was going to offer if you were okay with, you know, slumber partying it up every night. I'd be more than happy to get you situated. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Because, uh, you know, I uh, I'm not going to have a credit score where you all come from or I will, but it'll be very confusing. This conversation has made me realize that since Megan has arrived in season three, the only time you all have slept was at the inn that wanders. <laughs> we have never addressed Megan having a place to nope. live or sleep. <laughs> you guys have slept once in a year and a half. <laughs> that sounds about right. That's about how I feel. Well, we're trying to be as close to real life as possible. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, fair. Also, you talking about like reliving your time in Margaritaville mm-hmm. made me realize why you must hate that Nash even more because he made you relive a day over and over and over again without salt because your salt shaker was gone. There was no salt. Yeah, it was a full day of no salt. I thought you were going to go with, and I was going to agree, a day over and over and over again, which was a fucking work day. Uh, You had to go to work? Saturday where it was just like, (laughs) today's my day off. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right, and then Kim, you get a vision of Megan. Mm -hmm. Your eyes go white and you see Megan. She's standing with seven other people, though the others... Their forms are blurry. The eight of them make up a circle. And behind Megan are three more of these out-of-focus figures standing side by side in a line. And even though the ten other people in the vision are indistinguishable from one another, you can still make out their forms well enough to know that these ten figures and Megan all have their attention focused in the same place. It's at the center of this circle where something dark thrums and pulses. And then the vision cuts out. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. I'm Carlotta Botox, actress, thinktress, and influenceress, and I'm spilling all the tea on Hollywood. <sighs> Name. 
Carlotta Botox. B-O-T-O-X. Spell the first name. It's actually Botox. B-E-A-U-T-O-X. <sighs> of course it is. First name? Botox is actually my last name. My first name... Okay there, who's on first? I know it's your last name. Now I want you to spell your first name. Oh, Carlotta. It's C-A-R, as in the automobile. <sighs> L-O-T-T-A. Like, a lot of talent. <laughs> wow. Just... <sighs> Wow. There's also an umlaut. The f is an umlaut? It's two dots and it goes over the- Okay, Carlotta, two dots. Just take a seat over there. We'll call you when we're ready. Meanwhile, we'll gird our loins. Check out the Carlotta Botox Chronicles, available now on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher.